Grace to you and peace from God the Creator and from Jesus Christ, our Teacher and Redeemer, and from the Holy Spirit who binds us together in Christian worship. I want to welcome everyone to worship this morning, whether you are here in person or joining us via Zoom. We are so glad you have chosen to worship with us today. We begin our worship by lighting the Christ candle. Whenever we do this, we remember Jesus' promise in the Gospel of Matthew that wherever two or more are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Now, as we prepare our hearts and minds for worship, I would invite you to use the words in the bulletin as a centering prayer to help guide you into this time and space as we listen to the prelude. Please join me in the call to worship. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we join together in the call to worship. People of God, enter this place with thanksgiving and praise. For the Lord is good. Come and rejoice, sing glory to God. For the Lord is good. Remember, the steadfast love of God endures forever. For the Lord is good. Let us pray. Loving God, some of us come to this place full of anticipation and joy. Others come weary and tired. And some of us come here today wondering why we, were, we are even here. Renew us in your Holy Spirit. Remind us that your steadfast love follows us wherever we go. 
Increase our faith that we may not lose heart or become burdened by the challenges of life. Help us hear again the words of Christ. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. We are yours, O God. Thank you for claiming us as your own. In the name of Christ, your Son, and our Savior, we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. to confession. Friends, let us turn and return to the one who desires to hear our confession and waits to grant us grace. Let us pray. Gracious God, we often Often forget forget that that you you are are the ruler ruler of our our lives. lives. Instead, Instead, we turn turn our attention attention elsewhere. We We want want what others have. We We allow allow the concerns of the world to weigh us down. We become distracted by the activities around us. We forget to keep our focus on you. Forgive us. Strengthen our faith that we may see your presence in our lives. Remind us again that you are the Lord of our lives. The The one who loves us completely. The one who offers us abundant forgiveness. The one who never leaves our side. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Sisters and brothers, the hand of God stretches far and wide to forgive us, bringing the newness of life. In the name of God, whose love endures forever, You are forgiven. Thanks Thanks be to be to God.
The peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. With an outstretched and open heart, I invite you to greet one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Peace to you all. Thank you. Uh, before we move on to the um, children's message, I would like to take a moment and invite Bruce to come forward uh, to say just a word about the barbecue coming up this week. Thank you. Uh, well, as you all know, we're having our barbecue, next barbecue on uh, Wednesday coming up. We have, I want to thank everybody who's already signed up. Uh, I picked up the uh, sign-up sheet from Ron, and we'll do my best to, uh, to honor him by making this a success. Uh, we do have some slots available, and we're, as, as always, you know, we can always use extra help. Um, in particular, we could use, uh, you know, an extra helper with the cashier, uh, with packaging orders, um, the assembly line. So if there's, you know, anything that you would like to help out with and are available to help out with, uh, we had shifts assigned from 2.30 to 4.30 or 4.30 to 6.30. Um, we anticipate starting service at 3 o'clock, and we hope to run out before 6.30. <laughs> so a little shorter on either end. But uh, if anybody's available and uh, wants to help out, you can give me a call or send an email to me. I'm in the directory. Uh, or you can just show up. We'll be glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you. So I'd like to take a moment to talk to the young people in our midst and the young at heart. In our family, we like to have family movie nights. After dinner on a Friday night or Saturday night, we get into our PJs, we snuggle up under our favorite blankets in the living room, and we watch a movie together. Of course, no movie night would be complete without snacks. Juma and Atticus love to make popcorn while I prefer something a little sweeter. And that got me thinking, what is your favorite snack to eat? What are, what are some of your favorites? What do, you, what do you like when you're watching a movie? Popcorn. Popcorn. Pop, it, it's a classic. But ice cream. Ice cream. Betty, after my own heart. <laughs> Those little mini quiches. Yes. <laughs> what, what if every morning you could open up the front door and walk out into the yard and pick up your favorite food? Ice cream just coating the lawn. <laughs> Doritos as far as the eye can see. All that you can eat. That would be pretty great, wouldn't it? And a mess. <laughs> we read in the Bible about a time when something almost exactly like that happened. God's people, the Israelites, had been held in slavery in Egypt for many, many years. When they were finally freed and left Egypt, they were looking for the land that God had promised them. 
after they had been wandering around in the desert for a couple of months, the people started to grumble and complain against their leaders, Moses and his brother Aaron. We had it better when we were in Egypt, they complained. At least we had plenty to eat. God, you've brought us out here in the desert to starve us to death. Well, God heard the the people complaining and told Moses that in the evening, birds called quail would cover the camp so that the people would have meat to eat. And not only that, but in the morning after the dew was gone, there would be something called manna on the ground for everyone to eat. All they had to do was go out, pick it up, and eat it. Now why would God do this for those grumblers and complainers? Well, so that they would know that God loved them and would take care of them. God hadn't brought them out of Egypt to let them starve in the desert. God was going to see to it that they made it to the land they had been promised. Sometimes we grumble and complain, don't we? I know I do. When I'm feeling grumpy or tired, I love to grumble and complain. Sometimes we forget that God loves us and that God provides us with everything that we need. Instead of grumbling and complaining, though, we can say, thank you, God. So let's pray. Dear God, sometimes we grumble and complain. When we do, help us remember that every good thing we have comes from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Holy One, open our hearts to your loving spirit. Incline our ears to the truth of your scriptures. Renew our lives in thanksgiving and praise. Amen. The Psalter lesson this morning is Psalm 138, a psalm of thanksgiving and praise. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. I bow down to your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. On the day I called, you answered me. You increased my strength of soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. They shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he perceives from far away. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out your hand, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Amen. So I have an addition to our liturgy this morning. Uh, 
A reading from the book of Exodus, chapter 16, verses 1 through 12. The whole congregation of the Israelites set out from Elim, and Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way I will test them, whether they will follow my instruction or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining against the Lord. For what are we that you complain against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and your fill of bread in the morning, because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against him, What are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. And from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, verses 35, through chapter 10, verse 8. Listen for the word of God. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon, the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. 
Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. A word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The need is palpable. Disease and sickness, poverty and hunger, desperate hands reaching out for something, anything. At this point, the news about Jesus has spread like wildfire, and even if he wanted to, he couldn't contain it. Wherever he goes, people already know about him. The stories, started as whispers, have leapt from village to village, town to town, city to city, so that when he arrives, there's already a crowd gathered. In his time among us, Jesus worked tirelessly, not only as a healer or a teacher, but with a prophetic voice as well, diagnosing the problems of the world. And the key issue facing the occupied land of Palestine in the ancient world was, in a word, equity. People were poor, starving, hanging on by a thread, but it wasn't because there wasn't enough. Quite the contrary. The empire centered in Rome that dominated nations and territories from Europe to Africa to Asia had plenty, more than enough. While the coffers of the emperor overflowed, it was at the expense of these crowds desperately seeking something, anything. And this problem has not abated, even after 2,000 years. In a USA Today piece on December 1st of last year, Samuel Stebbins and Grant Sunison noted that the COVID-19 pandemic has triggered an economic crisis of a magnitude not seen since the Great Depression. We know that. We've seen it. In the early months of the pandemic, as local businesses across the country closed, tens of millions of Americans lost their jobs. By December, more than 11 million Americans remain unemployed, and many shops and restaurants will never reopen. This crisis has devastated the dreams of so many people. One of our favorite shows to watch in our house, This Is Us, did a beautiful job of portraying this heartbreak. One of the main characters, Beth, had a dream of opening a dance studio where she could teach and share her love of ballet. The opening of the studio took place shortly before the pandemic struck. And in a striking montage, we watch as Beth closes the doors due to lockdown and then struggles to adapt to the new reality, teaching classes with students masked 
switching to virtual classes on Zoom, and then we watch as painfully the number of attendees each week dwindles until the last class when there were only three screens on the Zoom session and Beth shares that there is no way to keep the studio going and that she will be closing. It's a painful reality for so many. And yet, the recession ushered in by the novel coronavirus has not meant economic catastrophe for everyone. In fact, in the months since the virus reached the United States, many of the nation's wealthiest citizens have actually profited handsomely. Over a roughly seven-month period starting in mid-March, America's 614 billionaires, billionaires with a B, grew their net worth by a collective $931 billion. $931 billion. While millions in our nation struggle with shuttering businesses and tightening budgets, the wealthiest, the top 1% of the top 1%, grew their wealth by $931 billion. See, the fundamental problem of poverty is not one of scarcity, but of the willingness to share God's gifts. Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world and really in the history of the world, has more money than could be spent in five lifetimes, probably more than that. If he spent one million dollars every day, it would take him over 400 years to blow his fortune. I'm not going to lie, I would like the opportunity to try. <laughs> 400 years. When is enough enough? See, at the root of this scarcity mentality that plagues every single one of us, I'm there. It's a lack of trust. Something that we see in the Israelites in our reading from Exodus. They've been wandering for about a month and a half, and food is scarce, really, really scarce. This is the wilderness, the desert. This isn't a lush valley where fruit is hanging on trees and game is hiding in bushes. And God knows it. So God makes a promise to rain bread from heaven. However, there are rules to go along with it. Each day you take only what you need for you and your household to eat. If you take any more, if you try to save it, it's going to go bad overnight. In this, the people will learn to trust in God to provide just what they need. And I get it. This is a hard lesson to learn. Four years ago this summer, Elena and I set out on a journey to complete our family through adoption. 
God put our daughter Juma on our hearts to adopt from Liberia, and we set out on this path that was scary, filled with anxiety, an emotional roller coaster that took over two and a half years, and expensive. When we wrote the first check out to the home study agency, we mentally calculated how much would be left. We didn't know where the money for the next check would come from. But we stepped out anyway in faith. And through fundraising and applying for grants and financial assistance, we made it through. Every time a check needed to be written, somehow the money was there. God provided, and our family became complete. It is what we call our manna story. And sure, there were nights when we lay awake wondering how this was going to work, if this was going to work, how this was going to be possible. Is there enough money for this part of the home study? Is there enough money to save for an airplane ticket? Is there enough? Is there enough? And every morning, we celebrated that God made away. Despite what should have been the reality, there is no way we should have been able to do it. But we did. This is the truth that Jesus points us to when he notes the harvest is plentiful. Jesus emphasizes abundance. We knew, and he reminds us, that there is always enough. It is a reminder we receive when we gather around this table, as we will in just a few minutes, at this table, at Christ's table, there is always enough. There is plenty. And we have been chosen in the manner of the apostles to go out to share in God's mission, to remind people that we live in an age of abundance, not in an age of scarcity. If only we have the trust that God will provide. Now this work is difficult, don't get me wrong. It's not for the faint of heart. As Jesus points out, the laborers are few, which means more work for those of us engaged in it. And it means calling out injustice in the systems that perpetuate inequality. It means demanding change in a system that concentrates wealth at the top while millions suffer on the bottom. It means demanding a system built on inequity be replaced by a system of equity, fairness, and lifting up. And that is work that the world will not thank us for, but it is good work. It is holy work. It is gospel work. 
Will we trust God to lead us through it? Amen. Will you please rise with me as we affirm what we believe using the words in the bulletin? We trust in Jesus Christ, fully human, fully God. Jesus proclaimed the reign of God, preaching good news to the poor and release to the captives. We trust in God, whom Jesus called Abba, Father. In sovereign love, God created the world good and makes everyone equal in God's image to live as one community. We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. The Spirit justifies us by grace through faith and binds us together with all believers in the one body of Christ, the Church. With believers in every time and place, we rejoice that nothing in life or in death can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. this time I'd like to invite Wayne uh, to come forward for our minute for mission. Thank you. We are going to talk 
about the Regional Food Bank during the month of June for our Minute for Mission. And today, I'll just spend a couple of minutes talking about the overview of what it does. Hundreds of local and national companies donate food to the Regional Food Bank, farmers, manufacturers, retailers, wholesalers. And the food bank, which as you know is the big warehouse on Albany Shaker Road up near Route 7, it serves some 23 counties, basically almost all of eastern New York, from Rockland County up to Clinton County on the Canadian border. To get an idea of the numbers, a website called Feeding America, which has a lot of statistics, I won't give you a lot of them, but there are some 278,000 food insecure people in the service area for the regional food bank, which is about 10% of the population. That's a lot of people. And who are they? The people who need these? Uh, children, single parents, seniors, working poor households, unemployed people, and we see a huge increase in that with COVID, homeless people. It gets distributed from the food bank to service agencies where the people who need the food get it. Food pantries, including our own Gilderland Food Pantry, soup kitchens, emergency shelters, youth programs, senior programs, and programs for the disabled. The food that's donated is shelf-stable, fresh, frozen food, produce, paper goods, personal hygiene projects, and cleaning supplies. Basically, anything that you would need at your grocery store that people need. It could be donated for a variety of reasons. It could be overproduction or discontinuation of the product line, mislabeling, cosmetic changes, or it's approaching its end date. And now here's where the volunteers come in. This is all donated by grocery chains, but it doesn't just sort itself. So we volunteers come in to sort the frozen, refrigerated food, paper products, all of those, and that gets repackaged to usable family-sized packages. Um, volunteers' efforts help low-income families stretch their limited budgets and eat better. So another statistic about efficiency and stewardship, you'd be glad to know that the food bank is efficient and 90 cents of every dollar that they receive goes to serve uh, the people and the agencies. And the food bank distributes $10 worth of food for every dollar spent. So that's a pretty good rate of return. So volunteers are welcome and we have an ongoing program where we provide a crew once a month. Frequently it's sorting produce so you get to see what's good, what's bad and sort it all out. Children under age 12 must be accompanied by an adult, but children are welcome. Uh, since May 19th, there's no longer a requirement to wear masks when you're doing that. They will ask you for your card or a copy thereof. And volunteers are always welcome, church members, families, even friends who might be interested in doing it. It's typically on a Thursday for an hour and a half. It's not difficult work, and it's kind of fun. Thank you. Thank you. And I will say that I'm looking forward to joining you this month down there. Great. 
Friends, most of us have heard by now that uh, our friend and brother Ron Messersmith passed this past Monday. Um, he is going to be so missed. Um, as a moderator of session, my right hand is the stated clerk, and uh, I've only been had only been working with Ron for a month, but he was very quickly my right hand, and um, I am going to I am going to so very miss him. Um, we have opportunities this Wednesday, as Bruce said, to honor him and to honor his legacy. There will be a, a funeral service this coming Saturday um, here in the sanctuary, but we are reserving the sanctuary mostly for family. Um, but we are working on how to get a Zoom uh, meeting set up so that people can attend virtually. That information will be coming out this week. Um, please be patient uh, and watch your emails. Jesus says, come. You that are blessed by God, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Jesus says, how often have I desired to gather you together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. Friends, come, for all things are now ready. Let us pray. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Blessed are you, O Lord our God. You have created us in your own image. You have claimed us as your beloved people. You have called us to be a blessing for others. Therefore, we praise you, joining the song of the Universal Church and the Heavenly Choir. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is Jesus Christ, our Savior. Jesus called disciples to follow in your way. He fed the hungry and healed the sick. He loved neighbors and welcomed strangers. On the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus sat at table with his disciples. In their presence, he took bread. Giving thanks to you, he broke it. And he gave it to them saying, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. And in the same manner, after they had supped, he took the cup and he gave it to them, saying, Take, drink of it, all of you. 
For this is the blood of the new covenant, shed for the forgiveness of all. As often as you drink of it, do this to remember me. Remembering your goodness and grace, we offer ourselves to you with gratitude as we share this joyful feast. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon this bread and cup. Make us one in the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord. Keep us faithful in your service until justice and peace embrace and all things are made new and heaven and earth are one. Through the Lord Jesus Christ in the unity of the Spirit, we bless you, God of glory, now and forever. And hear us as we join our voices together in the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. the grace of love poured out for you. Please join me in our prayer after communion. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, for you have filled us with your life and love. Now send us out to share these gifts with others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.
please rise for the benediction? Beloved brothers and sisters, as you go from this place, extend grace to all. Be faithful to Christ and do not lose hope. Go in peace, remembering who you are and whose you are. Amen.